Turn, if you would, tonight to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. finding your place there let me just remind you this Saturday you want to be sure and change your clocks don't forget that or else you will be here extremely early all right I don't mind if you're here early but uh, we will not have anything for you to do okay so just change your clocks uh, Saturday night before you go to bed and that'll help you a whole lot come Sunday morning so that said let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will get started father we are thankful that we can be in your house tonight Lord I'm thankful for uh, just uh, the truth of your word and Lord how it's a help uh, to each of us when we allow it to be, how it's been a help to me even in the last couple of days uh, specifically. And I pray that you'd uh, bless this time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, you may remember, we looked at verses 5 through 9. In doing so, we watched as the Apostle Paul kind of explained what his future plans were, what he hoped to do, what he was uh, desiring to do if the Lord would allow that. And yet the sermon came really from verse number 9 where he spoke of this open door that had been uh, given to him by the Lord by way of ministry. And we talked about how his ministry was being effective at this time and there was being some fruit as a result of the labor. And yet at the same time he said, and there are many adversaries. And so what you saw was this, is that whenever God was blessing, Satan was also standing in opposition and Satan was trying to keep the work of the Lord from advancing. And so last week I shared with us that whenever you and I are living in obedience to God's will for our lives and whenever you and I are seeking to do what God would have us to do, we must be aware of this fact that Satan is going to oppose us every step of the way. Satan does not want us being faithful. He does not want us being obedient. And he certainly does not want to see God blessing the efforts and the endeavors uh, that we are a part of. And so we've got to expect the opposition, and though we know it is a part of serving the Lord, I said last week, sometimes we struggle because we don't want it to be that way. We think because we're serving the Lord and we're doing right and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, that that ought to be eliminating some of the problems, and that's just not the way it works. Serving the Lord always invites more problems because it has the attention of Satan then at that point. So that in mind, tonight we're moving on and we're going to look at a few verses. But before we do, I want to ask you a question, all right? And you may miss it at first if you're not listening, if you're not really paying attention. So listen good, and then I'll repeat it for those of you who decided not to listen good, okay? Or to listen well. The question tonight I want to ask you is this, is how many of you have ever had a bad case of the don't want us? You ever had a case of the don't want us? It's happened to all of us, right? It sounds something like this. I don't want to wake up this morning. I just want to stay in bed. Have you ever had that don't want to? I don't want to get up this morning and I don't want to go to work. We've all been there. Kids are like this. It's not work that they're worried about. They don't want to go to school. Mom, I don't want to go to school. Do I have to go to school? Yes, you have to go to school. But what do they have? They have a case of the don't want us. All right, sometimes we don't want to go to work. Sometimes we don't want to clean the house, which I don't. Uh, but sometimes the girls don't want to clean the house. Sometimes Susie doesn't want to uh, fix supper. Just a lot of different things. And, and I only threw that in just so you know for Twyla's sake. The last time I mentioned cleaning house, she sent me a very 
rude text about how often I clean the house. So, Twyla, that's for you. Sometimes the girls don't want to clean the house. All right. Sometimes we just don't want to do certain things, correct? All right. That would also be true if we're honest sometimes in our spiritual lives, would it not? Because we have a flesh that we have to fight against and we have a flesh that we are in constant battle with. See if this would make sense and see if this would sound true of some of you. And and I don't expect you to say, amen, that's me, because it wouldn't make you sound real good. But have you ever had this thought flash through your mind, maybe on a Wednesday night? I don't want to go to church tonight. Man, it's been a long week already. Man, I'm telling you what, I've already got so many hours in. I've been so busy today. I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. It's been so frustrating at work. I don't want to go to church tonight. Now, again, I don't expect you to amen that because it wouldn't sound real good. But I just know that there are some times, I can just tell sometimes by your body language and your countenance and your facial expressions, this was not really your first choice of location tonight. And that's just part of it. Truth be told, there are sometimes I don't want to come to church because it's just been certain things happening throughout the week. And and the old flesh says, hey, you don't want to go to church tonight. That's not where you want to be. And, And your body says do something different, but yet you know that you can't do that. And so that's why you come to church, Uh, I hope, all right? Uh, Sometimes you would say something like this, I don't want to read my Bible. I'd rather watch the game. I'd rather do this. I'd rather take care of this. I'm busy with this, and and I don't want to wake up early to do that. I don't want to pray. I don't want to uh, do this, 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 whatever it may be. As noble as we'd like to think we are, even in our spiritual lives, we struggle with not wanting to do certain things that we know need to be done. Now, in the midst of that struggle, that is where we have to determine to do what needs to be done, whether we want to do it or not. Would you agree? It's in the midst of that struggle, it's in the midst of that battle with our flesh, that we've got to say to ourselves, no, I need to be in the house of God. My flesh may not want to be there right now, but I know that that's what I need, so I'm going to be in the house of God. Now, not everyone gets that figured out in their spiritual lives, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way it ought to be. And it ought to be that we say to ourselves, you know, I I didn't want to read the Word of God, but I'm going to do what I know needs to be done, so I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. Whatever it is, put aside the, the thoughts of I don't want to and just do what has to be done. That's a position we find ourselves in probably more often than we wish we had to deal with it. So that in mind, I want us to think tonight about the Corinthian believers. By way of context, we have to remember this, that the Corinthian believers were not the strongest of believers by way of their spiritual lives and their walk with God. You remember that, don't you? Uh, They have certainly been plagued with problems, and as a result of that, They were not doing a lot of things that needed to be done. Now, I don't know if they would have described it as, I don't want to do it, but they weren't doing what needed to be done in so many areas of their spiritual lives. And I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we can fall into the same trap or into the same problem areas in our spiritual lives. 
And so tonight we're going to look just very quickly in verse number 10 down through verse number 12. We're just going to read these verses so that we understand what's happening. Paul just says, Now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren." As touching or concerning our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. So again, this is the Apostle Paul writing and communicating some of what they can expect, some of what should be transpiring and what's happened maybe that they would not have been, may not have been aware of as it related to Apollos. But nonetheless, in verse number 13, here is what Paul is going to do. He's going to give them several things that they need to do, whether their flesh wants to do it or not. They needed to do this, and there is a reason that Paul is going to tell them to do these things, and that would be this by way of reason, that they were not doing what they needed to be doing. So what does the Apostle Paul say in verse number 13 that they needed to be doing? First of all, he said this, Watch ye. Watch ye. Now that doesn't sound real exciting, but I just want you to know that I'm I'm, I'm doing us a favor as a church family, okay? We could spend an entire sermon on just those two words, Watch ye. Those are powerful, powerful words. When the Apostle Paul tells the believers of Corinth to watch, what does that mean? It means this, to be alert, to be awake, or to be aware of something. To be alert, to be awake, or to be aware of something. Now again, if we keep in mind the context of this entire letter, here is what we realize. We realize that the believers in Corinth they were not awake to spiritual issues. They had very much gone sound to sleep as it related to spiritual issues in their lives, in their families' lives, and in their church lives. You realize this, don't you? The the church was in the problem or in the situation that it was in because men and women in the church were not giving their own personal walks with God the attention that they needed to give their spiritual lives. You, You could not have all the division. You could not have all the strife. You could not have all the sin that was present in the church if they had been alert and aware of what was happening in their own spiritual lives But because they had gone to sleep spiritually as it related to their spiritual lives, that is what had caused so many other problems in the church. And so what Paul was saying to them was this, is spiritually you need to wake up and you need to be alert and you need to be aware of what's going on. So in their own personal lives, what did they need to do? They needed to wake up. In their own families' lives, what did they need to do? They needed to wake up. In their church life, what did they need to do? They needed to wake up. As it related to their church family and their friends, what did they need to do? Can you guess? They needed to wake up. There were so many things that they had just kind of grown clueless toward. 
Now tonight, I want us to think about this, okay? I want us to just give some attention to this because this is important. In our spiritual lives, it is easy for you and I to go to sleep. It is easy for you and I, as it relates to the spiritual things of our own personal lives, it is easy for us to go to sleep. If we were honest tonight, I think many of us would have to admit that if we're not careful, we get very relaxed and we get very comfortable in our spiritual lives. And as a result of that, we begin missing things personally that we ought not be missing. Has this ever happened to you, or is, or is this just something I've noticed in my own personal life, that there are times that I just get so comfortable, that I just get so relaxed, that I get so wrapped up in my own little world, that I don't realize that I'm doing certain things, that I'm not doing other things, that, that, that things are not what they're supposed to be, and it's in those moments that here is what I need to do. I need to wake up. I need to become more aware of where I am at spiritually because just because I am going through the motions does not mean I am where I'm supposed to be. And it is true that it is possible for you as well that you can get so used to what it is you are doing, so used to just going through the motions that you think everything is as it's supposed to be when in fact there could be serious issues in your spiritual life not being addressed and if you would just wake up, you would realize this needs some addressing, this needs some attention. Sometimes if we're not careful... This happens. We get so wrapped up in our routines. We get so wrapped up in our schedules. We fall asleep as to where our families are at. And it doesn't matter if we've still got children at the home or not. Sometimes just men and women as husband and wife, they can go to sleep, so to speak, spiritually and not really think about where they are at collectively as a couple. It's only more complicated, and you know this, if you've raised kids or if you're still raising children, but it gets more complicated when the kids are in the home because if you're busy doing this and you're busy doing this and you're mindful to this and you're worried about this and this has got your attention, then, then what happens so many times is this, is you can begin to overlook the spiritual condition of your own children, assuming that everything is okay when in fact it may not be okay. I'm just saying... From a personal standpoint, there are times that we need to hear and we need to be told, wake up, watch ye, become alert, become aware, be mindful of what's going on, and then, I'm not going to labor this, but I want us to think about it, if you and I go to sleep personally, spiritually, you know what kind of an overflow effect that'll have? It'll not just be on your family, it'll be on your church family as well. Amen. I'm really, I'm not trying to, 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 to be critical of anyone, anything, any church, because I'd like us to just consider it for us tonight, our church alone. But it is easy as a church to just get the ball in motion, so to speak, and keep the ball rolling, 
but the church not be where it's supposed to be in its spiritual walk. Just because people show up, just because the offerings are, are well received, and just because people are involved in their ministries, and just because we're doing what church people ought to be doing, it does not mean that we're where we're supposed to be. The spiritual life demands constant attention, you and I being alert and aware and sensitive to what is going on. And let's be honest, sometimes we don't want to put that much effort into the Christian life. It's easier to press the cruise control button and just go and just trust that everything is okay. Friends, we can't afford to do that. There is a need for me and for you and for us as a church family to watch to be awake, to be alert, to be aware, and to respond according to the needs that would present themselves. But moving on, notice what he said next. He said, stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. So what does it mean to stand fast? Well, I would assume that most of you know this. It means to stand firm, to be stationary, or immovable. We've dealt with this in the past, so I don't want to spend a long time on this, but it means this, you, you don't move from where you're at. You stand fast, you stand firm, you are stationary, you do not move, and he's very clear as to what area of life he is talking about. He said, stand fast in the faith. So what does it mean to stand fast in the faith? It means this, to stand fast in what you believe and what the Word of God would teach and what the Word of God would declare. Think about the believers in Corinth. They did not live in a Christian country. Are we listening to this? They did not live in a Christian culture. The believers of Corinth did not live where it was a predominantly Christian society and a, uh, a predominantly Christian environment. They lived in an ungodly, wicked society that would have very much resembled the kind of world and society that you and I are a part of. So as a result of that, here is what you've got to imagine and here is what you've got to envision to be a possibility and most likely a reality that there were people constantly challenging them what they believed, what they stood for, and the positions they took. Because Christianity has never been popular with the ungodly. So you've got the believers in Corinth, and what is Paul saying to them? He is saying, you stand fast as it relates to the faith. You don't move, you don't sway, you don't step away, you don't allow yourselves to be moved. You stand firm where you're at, no matter the direction that culture may take. Now I know that I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to anyways that we live in a culture that very much wants to question everything the Word of God teaches. Amen. You know that, don't you? Our world wants to question and challenge some of the things that ought to be so basic and ought to be so elementary for people with any sense whatsoever. 
people ought to have a pretty good understanding of what gender is. But I'm just telling you, the longer we live, the more complicated this is going to get in our society and in our culture. And the world is going to challenge this, and the world is going to question us, and, and the world will be critical of this. And, 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 and I'm just telling you, it's in situations like that where we've got to stand on what the Bible clearly teaches, what the Bible clearly uh, gives by way of, of, of what should, again, just be common sense. You and I can't afford to, to budge on this, no matter what the world may say. Amen. Now you say it's not a problem around here. You're not paying attention. It's already beginning to pop its head up in small town America just like ours. And, and we better know, okay, the world's going to attack and the world's going to tell us we're wrong and we need to be more open-minded and all these other things. And that is when you and I have to stand fast. We know this. I'm not going to spend a long time on this. But what has the world already been tell or already telling us and has been for years? That you cannot define marriage between a man and a woman. That marriage can now be defined by any relationship that, that a person may choose to have. It's popular already. It's only going to grow worse. And yet here's what we have to be reminded of. It's wrong. It's always been wrong, and it will always be wrong. Amen. We have to stand fast. I'll say more about this in a minute. It doesn't mean that we have to be obnoxious about it, but, friends, we can't let the society dictate what you and I believe. just want to remind us, because we need this, and our young people need this. The world already thinks we're crazy when it comes to our stance on morality. You need to expect your children to be immoral. You need to assume that they're not going to be pure. You need to, to just accept reality that kids don't wait anymore. Listen, that may be what the majority of kids do these days. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know what the statistics are. But I do know this. I cannot afford to ever get to the point where I just accept it because that's the culture we live in. And friends, you can't afford to accept it either because the Word of God says it's wrong. Those are just a few examples. We could be here all night. I trust that's not what you're wanting. So I, I'm just saying... You and I have got to be aware that the world is going to challenge us, our beliefs, our positions, our convictions, and, and you and I, we better know where we stand on the issue, and we better not ever move and ever budge. But again, just throw this out here, sometimes it's not what we want to do. Sometimes you just want to Take a small step of compromise. Sometimes you just want to make a little bit of a, a bit of an, an allowance for someone. Now, now, maybe not in those issues. You may say, oh, no, I would never on that. I understand, but there are many other issues out there that if we're not careful, we'll, we'll kind of compromise and we'll kind of get soft on it. And, and friends, we can't do it. 
If the Word of God says it's right, it's right. If the Word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And, and I don't care how strong we think we are, there are going to be times that we're going to want to waver because everyone else around us is saying that's the way it is now. So he said in verse number 13, Watch ye, be alert, be awake, be aware, know what's going on, stand fast in the faith, and then notice what he said next. Quit you like men. Quit you like men. Isn't that a blessing? Okay, apparently not. I understand it wasn't much of a blessing to me. What does it mean whenever the scripture says, quit you like man or like men? Well, it's dealing with one's maturity as it relates to courage and bravery one's maturity as it relates to courage or bravery. Now think about this. The culture in which the believers of Corinth were living in, what had happened? Well, they had been tested and they had been challenged by people who didn't really want to live according to the truth of God's Word, right? Okay, so what happened for many of them was this is that they moved and they did not stand fast in the faith. So that's why they were allowing the incestual relationship without anybody saying anything about it. That's why certain sins were happening as it related to the Lord's Supper. And nothing was taking place because uh, people had gotten to the point where, where whoever had challenged it and where whoever was living that lifestyle, it seems as though some had just been like, well, you know, I, I guess that's just kind of the world that we live in. And if it wasn't that, then it would be this for sure, that if they believed it was wrong, they were not going to take a stand for what they knew was right. See, it was the Apostle Paul who said it's not right and either you can address it or I will when we get there. You remember that? As it related to the incestuous relationship? As it related to some of the sins that some of them had fallen back into? Now, now here's what I'm saying. What the Apostle Paul was encouraging them and telling them to do was this, is to mature to the point that you would have some courage and that you would have some bravery. And in light of the context, it seems to make sense that what he was saying is this, is if you know it's wrong, don't be afraid to stand for right. If this is happening and you know it's wrong, it's not just enough sometimes to in the back of your mind say, oh, I don't agree with that. Nope, I sure don't agree with that. Me and my wife, we were talking about that, and we don't agree with that, and, and that's not who we are, but, but I'm not going to say anything. Listen, that is not the way the Christian life is supposed to be lived. There are times that whenever people are doing wrong, there has to be the courage and the bravery of someone to stand and say, what you're doing is not right. In our culture today, we call that not being politically correct. And what is culture trying to do to people who are not politically correct? They are trying to silence us on every front. 
If you don't believe it, go to work tomorrow and share some of your biblical values with some of your employees. Go to work tomorrow and tell them what you think of the whole transgender thing. Go to school tomorrow and tell them what you think about homosexuality. Go to school tomorrow and tell them what you believe about so many different issues. And you know what they'll want you to do? They'll want you to be quiet and they'll try to silence you because you're not falling in line with all the political correct nonsense these days. Now, I'm not saying that in order to be right with God, you have to go to work tomorrow and declare all of your biblical positions. I'm not saying that in order to be right with God tomorrow, our kids have to go to school and and cause a problem because of what they believe. But what I am saying is this, is every one of us, we're going to be backed into corners from time to time, and people are going to challenge us, and people are going to question us. And if we're not careful, you know what we'll lack? will lack the maturity to just stand up and say, listen, I know it's not popular. I know you're not going to like this. I know you're not going to think this is the right way to think, but I'm just telling you it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and you'll never convince me that it's right. We need that kind of courage. We need that kind of willingness in today's churches with today's Christians. We need that kind of willingness to stand out and to be unusual and to be labeled and to be marked and to be hated. But friends, that's not what we always want to do. Sometimes we just don't want to be that person. And I know I've talked about this in recent sermons, but we're here again, so we need to be reminded of this. There is a need for you and I to say, you know what? I can't concern myself with what the social cost of this may be. I can't concern myself with what the fallout of this might be. I have to have the maturity to stand up for what is right and not worry about what the consequences may be. So he said in verse number 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men. And then he said, be strong. What does it mean to be strong? It means this, to be strengthened. What do every one of us need if we're going to stand in the way that we ought and be immovable and to be firm and to stand fast? What do we need? We need to be strengthened. So who do we need to be strengthened by? We need to be strengthened by God. You and I will not be able to fight these battles in and of our own strength. You and I will not be able to to take the stand for the truth of God's Word in our strength alone. We have to have the power of God and the strength of God working in our lives if we're going to be the Christians we're supposed to be. If you're going to try to live it at work in your strength, you know what you'll do? You'll compromise and you'll fail in your testimony. If you try to be the Christian you're supposed to be in your family, but you're trying to do it in your own strength, you will fail. Every one of us will fail if we're trying to live the Christian life in our own power. What must I have? I must have the strength and the power of God to be what I'm supposed to be, or at some point I am going to cave to the pressure of this culture. So, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, all things that we need to do, even if that's not what we want to do. And then in verse number 14, notice what he said next, and this will be the last thing. He said, let all your things be done with charity. Let all your things be done with charity. What does that mean? It means this. In whatever you do, 
show love. And whatever you do, show love. Let's be honest, sometimes we don't want to show love. Sometimes we just want to take a stand. Sometimes we're just ready to make some people mad. Sometimes we're just ready to, to just tell this person off because they've been getting on our nerves and we're ready and we, we just had a belly full of it and we're ready to lash out at these people. Well, that's not the way the Christian life was supposed to be done. It doesn't matter what we are doing, what you and I are supposed to strive to do is to do everything with love and compassion and affection or, or, or com compassion, yeah, affection is the right word, with those that we would have interaction with. So think about this. If, if I'm going to be awake, if I'm going to be alert, if I'm going to watch, I need to do it with love. See, if I'm going to be aware of what's happening in Susie's life, I need to do it with love or else she'll not appreciate it. And sometimes, especially us men, we can be pretty demanding and we can be pretty uh, uh, strong. I don't know how else to say it. Just uh, we, we can be jerks about it sometimes. Okay, you don't need to agree with that. I'll just I'll I'll take the hit for us men. Sometimes we're not as loving to our wives as we ought to be. Now, I would say, ladies, sometimes you're not as loving as you need to be when you're trying to tell them what they need to be doing, your husbands, right? No, Brother Kyle, I'm always just so loving. Anyways, parents, when we're watching over our kids, we need to do so with love. We can do so with firmness. We can do so with consistency. We can do so with some honesty. But there still needs to be love in what we are doing. We lack that sometimes. We're all about rules. We're all about regulations. We're all about them just doing what we told them to do. And we'll love them later. No, we need to love them now. If I'm going to stand fast in the faith... I really do need to love the process. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but sometimes people look miserable being Christians. Have you ever noticed that? I'm doing right, but I'm not happy. That's Again, that's not the way the Christian life is supposed to be lived. And as I just mentioned, we'll take a stand sometimes, but we don't do it in the right spirit. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. And a lot of times we don't want to think about the love side of it, the charity side of it, the affectionate side of it, because it sounds soft, it sounds weak, it sounds almost like compromise. But love is supposed to be a part of who we are as Christians. So here are some believers, and what are they being told? They're being told some things they needed to hear. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. All right, what do we need to do? Everything that we just read in verses 13 and 14, that's what we need to do. It may not be what you want to do, but it's what you need to do. It's what I need to do. 
So it's in these moments of fighting with our flesh, fighting with our spirit. I don't want to. I don't want to be that. I don't want to work on that. It's when in those moments that we have to say this, I'll do what's right because it's right. I'll be what I'm supposed to be by the grace of God because that's what I'm supposed to be. And so tonight I'm just going to ask you these five things that we mentioned. Is there anything that you need to be working on? I'm not saying that there is, but out of five, there might be at least one issue where you could say, you know, I could probably improve on that. I could probably work on that. I could probably address that one a little bit. Is there anything in these five things that you'd say, you know, that deserves more of my attention, that deserves more of my effort so that I can be where I'm supposed to be? Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to consider uh, what you would have for us, what we need to do, sometimes even when we don't want to. God, I pray that you'd help us to uh, not quickly dismiss the truth of tonight's message, but that you'd help us to look at our own lives and see if there's anything that we need to do, maybe wake up, get stronger, whatever it may be. God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.